Hello and welcome to another episode of Mark My Words. Don't forget the colon. So today's episode is the sustainability episode. I've been super excited for this interview for a while now because I'm finally having two people on at the same time. This is definitely different for me, but I'm looking forward to it and hopefully I won't crumble on the floor and fail. But these guys are super, super interesting and it'll be very exciting to hear what they have to say about the Black Friday sales that we've just had and the Christmas sales that are happening at the moment and how we can have an ethical approach to all the shopping we have, but especially at a time like this when we are much closer to the internet and Amazon seems like a far easier route than any other shop in, at the moment. So it'll be really interesting to hear what they have to say. And I can't wait to hear them plug their products and such, because as I say, they're both very cool people and they have very cool brands behind them. So yeah, can't wait to hear what they have to say. But as ever, before we get into the main section of this episode, don't forget to go off and donate to Alfie's GoFundMe page and take part in the three-part Alfie challenge. So step one, post the Instagram post for Alfie's episode on your story and tag mark.mywordspodcast and say step one. This means that we can get the word out to as many people as possible about Alfie's uh, top surgery and the funding. And then step two, send in a positive message of support, maybe how he's uh, spread some light and how you you know feel about this and maybe something that stuck out to you from the episode. Anything at all, just something to really show Alfie there's a support of people who care about him and hoping the best and are cheering on for him. And then I'll read them out into the episode. And then step three, if you tell people word of mouth and if you haven't already, donate to his cause. The links tree is in the episode details and Instagram posts as well. Uh, as ever, go to find all of this information at mark.mywordspodcast and I'll tag Alfie and everything as well. So in this episode, I have a lovely message from Izzy Mahoney. Um, after doing step one, she sent me the message for step two and bless her, she said that he, Alfie is such an inspirational story for all to hear and that she's already had a few people already message her how wonderful Alfie is and how they couldn't be any proud of him. And she says, you should never have to feel alone with anything like this, which I think is a really lovely message. So thank you to Izzy for that. And it's completely true. No one should ever feel alone, especially in the trans community. We need to support trans kids and queer people as much as possible, because at the end of the day, the patriarchy doesn't do it naturally. So power to Alfie and please, please, please take part in the three steps. And thank you to Izzy. So on today's pod blast, I'm so excited to be recommending a podcast made by two people that I know from university who are absolute gems. So this podcast is called Terrace Talks and they are honestly so cool. So this is Joanna and Kiara and they have basically started a podcast where they just chat to each other and as they call it, procrastinate too much time on their terrace and I love it. They have an episode up already and they might have a second one up by the time this podcast comes out, but don't come for me. Um, but they're available on iTunes and uh, Spotify, just like this podcast. And uh, yeah, they have some great content and they just basically have a good old chin wag and it's really entertaining, but it's also nice because they have such like soothing voices and such cool combos. And yeah, you should totally give them a listen. It's just great, easy listening conversation. It's the kind of stuff you could listen to to fall asleep. You could make your dinner, whatever you want to do. It's just great background noise and it's really quite comforting to hear their voices from so far away. So yeah, that's Terrace Talks Podcast if you want to have a check on them. So as I said, for today's episode, I'm really excited because I'm conducting my first 
two guest interview. This is groundbreaking for me and my terrible technology knowledge, but I am joined for a very special interview about sustainability by Sasha Bushby and Harry Norris. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. hello. Thank you for having us. Well, thank you very much for joining me. So all things sustainability, let's start off with how do you guys know each other and what are you bringing to the table for this discussion? Okay, so, well, I guess Harry and I met at uni and um, Harry came round for dinner one night. I don't really know how this really happened, to be completely honest, but um, it was over the end of lockdown period after the very strict restrictions of course um we had a little dinner party and got chatting about business and um you know what that's not how we met is it that's not how we met (laughs) (laughs) well that's a great start (laughs) thank you oh my god that's so funny (laughs) kill me now um so Harry and I, Harry, do you want to take this? Because I don't know how we actually met, but it's something about Christmas markets. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. long story short, we met at uni. Um, we had sort of a few mutual friends. Um, and as you say, at the end of the first lockdown, when you sort of, you could mix households and that was all okay. Uh, I remember we, Uh, our mutual friend and I came over to your house and we had a sort of small dinner party and I remember sort of putting the idea to you of having uh, an online website marketplace type thing where you could shop for lots and lots of different small businesses that were all sustainable and that was my idea and I wanted to sort of give it to you because I know that you are the very proud owner of Sasha B earrings and jewellery. And so I wanted to hear your opinion on the idea. And that's where my business, Big Little Brands, was sort of born. And that's where our, our sort of, not relationship, but that's where the partnership has sort of born, been born from. Yeah, completely. That was a great night, just brainstorming about all the different ways we could go with the names yeah. and who was going to be involved and... Oh, it was so exciting. Yeah, it was really, really good. Like, this has to happen. You have to do this. I mean, (laughs) Sasha Sasha is essentially 50% of the reason as to why uh, Big Little Brands now exists. Because without that brainstorming... (laughs) (laughs) Without Sasha and that brainstorming session, I don't think, think, well, I'd be sat here today on this podcast. So there you go. (laughs) Right. And Sasha, so uh, we briefly mentioned there your um, jewellery business, but where did you start with that and how much of a role did sustainability play in it from the get-go? Um, so I started in January 2018, um, very kind of uh, never intended to have a business, all a bit up in the air. Um, however, I was actually just going through all my finances today and it's been about a year that I've had my website. So I feel like that's a bit more official now um, and really exciting. But I, yeah, so I started in first year and I think sustainability was always at the core of my business. It's something that I always wanted to share. However, I, I want to kind of make sure that my products are beautiful and um people love them and they're not coming to them just because they're sustainable because they actually just love the product and then they're also sustainable um yeah I'm very passionate about just sharing that with people making it easy for people as well 
I think it's really important at this time where we've got so many gifts going, everyone's going laps for some small businesses here um, to just make that sustainability like super easy for people um, so they don't have to make that choice themselves. Yeah. Thank you. Well, do you, do either of you feel drowned out at all, especially with Black Friday sales and Christmas sales happening where the big corporations really do dominate the market space and the capitalist world we live in? Do you worry that your business relies on the sustainability crux? I don't really know, to be honest. It's it's a difficult one. I think there's all that intention to shop small, but when you're just needing a last minute gift or when you need something small, Amazon's just your go-to. Like, for instance, I'm starting to make um, bucket hats, like knitted ones, a little surprise in there. Um, and I found like a lovely place to make wool um, that was much more like sustainable. However, um, when I used to get a crochet hook to make it, I couldn't find anywhere that was gonna be like as good a deal as Amazon. And so it's just got that ease, which all small businesses are trying to be like, no, don't support these massive corporations. like. I saw a post recently where somebody, a small business had posted that um, they'd got like an order for 50 pounds and they're like, oh my God, thank you. That pays my weekly shop. And you just don't get that kind of personal feel as you would with a massive corporation. It just, an order like that is pittance to Amazon. It it really makes a difference. Mm. And Harry, with your online platform for sustainable businesses, how have you seen the growth of one business impact other businesses or has it still been quite separate and individual? Um, I mean, first of all, it's probably important to say that that our our, our marketplace hasn't actually launched yet. Um, I think it might have launched by the time this podcast comes out. It's sort of towards the end of this week, beginning of next week. Um, Yeah, it'll definitely be out by then. So... um, I think we haven't really been running long enough to see the growth of one business compared to another. But just on the back of Sasha's point, um, I think Black Friday in itself is a bit of a bane to the slow fashion industry in that essentially it's just a way of companies selling as much as they can, as quickly as they can, for as cheap as they can, which basically goes against everything that slow fashion stands for is it bad personally i think yeah if we could do without black friday we should do without black friday is it only one day of the year or one week of the year yes it is it's one in 365 days it's one week in 54 56 weeks whatever it is so it's not the be all and end all of the fashion industry but what i would also say is you know jeff bezos doesn't jump up and down in his bedroom with joy every time you order something from amazon I know for a fact that every single small business that's listed on my website, if you ordered something, it does mean the absolute world to them. It really does. And I think shopping small is, is not only important and it's important for sustainability reasons, but it's just so much more fulfilling for the, for the customer as well, because when you do shop small, I know this personally, but having known so many brand owners that it really, really is so important to them. And I, I do think that they get drowned out a lot by, by the big corporations and their ability to be able to whack 70% off the price because, mm-hmm. you know, they don't charge their workers enough or they use materials that simply aren't good for the planet, whatever it is. I think, yeah, we do. We do certainly get drowned out by Black Friday. 
Yeah, it's, it's um, really hard. <laughs> yeah. No, you both. Um, my biggest concern, I believe, with small businesses, and I'm very happy for you to both correct me on this, is that where, say, for example, um, a shop from Arcadia, let's say Topshop, um, when they ship clothes across the country, they're in one van, and then the carbon footprint per item, in theory, could be much reduced international shipping and and um fabrication sure we can you know there's an argument there to be made absolutely but when you're shopping from a small business do you worry about the individual carbon footprint um, as a means of sustainability on your items i mean I, I haven't really thought about that so much to be completely honest like obviously it is a big deal but when you're not selling that many products or when I sell the most number of my products at markets when people are literally physically there buying your things off you then it it doesn't it doesn't come as something that um, worries me and Mm -hmm. something that I try to focus on is actually making sure that my packaging for shipping is completely sustainable and so yes you are having that carbon impact by the deliveries um, but I'm not using couriers to go and deliver my earrings. Uh, it's something that there's post going anyway. And I know that's like just because it's happening, I'm going to jump on the bandwagon. It's not that excuse. But um, you have like big corporations and they're sending out orders to all over the place all the time. And when we send our relatively minute numbers out there, it's not something that I particularly con- I'm concerned about. Um, and it's kind of it has to be the way at the moment with COVID I I can't have markets I have to be shipping stuff out so I guess that's just how it is at the moment yeah I think on sorry I think on top of that if you put the number of orders that come from Topshop ASOS and Amazon over the last three months if you put them all together and added them up their number compared to the number of orders over the internet from small businesses let's just say in Europe or all over the world would be the numbers would be completely different and i think that you know yeah as as sasha said we use royal mail we use hermes these guys are traveling anyway and when you really put it down to things like like carbon footprint if you order from topshop you don't know how far the garment has had to travel to get to topshop you don't know how far that the materials have had to travel to get from the factory to you know the where where it gets manufactured so there's carbon footprint all over the place before you even order the item then the materials can be detrimental to the planet then they might not be paying their garment workers a specific you know a, a living wage a good wage whereas when you shop small m- the majority are handmade by the people mm-hmm. who are sending it to you the whole point about sustainability is that the garment workers, again, usually the person that owns the brand, are being paid a proper wage. The materials aren't as detrimental to the planet. So I think when actually you add up each individual product, the carbon footprint is is always going to be less. Correct, maybe not always, but it's it's always going to be close to, if not less, because okay, you 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 do need to drive it from one place to the customer. But there's a lot that goes on before that for big businesses and not necessarily a lot that comes before that for small businesses. That's a really good answer. Thank you, guys. So apart from the, to, the decision to shop smaller, as you say, 
Um, what do you think people can do on top of that to be more sustainable, especially in times of COVID? So I think um, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but packaging is definitely really important. Um, so you can really make a difference there. And I think that every business actually can be responsible for their packaging, not just small businesses. I think small businesses care a lot more to think about where they're getting their packaging from, but big businesses also should have that responsibility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And why do you think that sustainability has become such a focus in the past few months really and not prior to that? Do you think we're just having a global awakening or do you think it's become a, a situation that we just can't avoid anymore? I don't know. I think I think realistically, it's hard, certainly for me to put my my finger on it. I don't necessarily follow, you know, global trends right down to the stock market and, and all those things. So I couldn't say this is a specific reason. But I do I do honestly believe that there has almost been a global awakening. I think wh when you look across the globe in every type of sort of um, political matter, and I wouldn't necessarily say sustainable fashion was a hugely political matter, but, you know, that sort of general topic, you know, I think the whole Black Lives Matter movement was a huge, it was fantastic because it was almost everyone going, yeah, this was, this is an awakening. This is what we should be doing. This is how the world should be moving forward. And I think that certainly showed me that, that people are moving definitely in the right direction. So with the whole sustainability movement, I do just think people, I think are starting to realize that it's not necessarily as hard to be sustainable as, as we might have made it out to be. I think big brands do a fantastic job of pushing fast fashion to the point where you think it's essentially the only option. Um, when even I have been surprised having started my business of, of A, the, the, the options but also B, just the ease of it. There are shoes, there's swimwear, there's activewear, there's sunglasses, there's every single thing you could possibly want. There is a small business out there that does it sustainably. And I mean, that's why we certainly exist is to make the ease of access easier. You know, when you come to us, you can find it all. But yeah, I think it comes down to a global awakening and also people realizing that that you don't have to buy your stuff from ASOS you can buy it from a small business and I think coronavirus has has also awoken not a sympathy but people have suddenly gone yeah let's support small businesses because they must be really struggling as well and and I'm not gonna you know it, it's it's been it's been it's been good for small businesses and good for people to appreciate them now do you have you guys heard about the um, I think it was um, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in America, who was discussing that potentially um, we should be looking at focusing on the environmental crisis for the next administration in America, at least specifically um, as the primary focus. Do you see political engagement with fast fashion in particular as an effective use of time or do you think this has to come from the consumer primarily? I think it's so like double ender, like it's a top down and bottom up. You can get so many people at the bottom making a difference, but you can get one person at the top, which is going to make a huge, huge difference. You've got to have people wanting it, but you also have to have these laws and policies put in place so that 
we have kind of limits on how much you can like cut down trees and how much you can like pay a living wage and all that sort of thing you have to have these kind of boundaries set in place and then you also do have to have that um, consumer wanting it as well do you think though that the biggest issue we're going to have is that the globalization of fashion as an industry means that whereas you as you say last minute may order one thing online but then you don't necessarily have the power to do the counter effect of giving a Bangladeshi worker a higher wage or a person who doesn't have the same rights that you may not be able to access and to change do you think there's a sort of um, out of sight out of mind and probably a bit too much distance between us to have much effect I think it's changing recently because I think with social media you can really see the other end and things like the um, Who Made My Clothes campaign by um, Fashion Revolution, you get to see the other side of it. It's not just all completely um, completely hidden away. I think consumers are actually getting to interact with a bit more of the supply chain now. Transparency is becoming a huge thing, isn't it? I think um, along with this sort of global awakening and people appreciating sustainability, people are now calling for the big businesses to be more transparent. And that means tell us where it came from. Tell us what materials you're using. Tell us how much you pay your garment workers. And people are certainly pushing for that information to be more readily available. Because when you actually go on a lot of these websites, they don't really tell you. You have to look for it. You have to find it. They're not telling you where it's coming from. Whereas obviously businesses that are sustainable they they don't want to throw it in your face but they're very open to telling you because there's nothing to be ashamed of there whereas you get the sense that these big businesses they know what they're doing isn't ethical they know what they're doing isn't good for the environment they're doing it because it means they get three quid more on the t-shirt that they've just sold as opposed to doing it i would say properly but yeah so yeah i think that's yeah that's my answer (laughs) Fab, thank you. I, that was definitely a difficult question, but you both handled that careful quite nicely. <laughs> um, so in terms of uh, there's one thought I've had recently, probably a bit of a shower thought, but there's obviously the um, stereotype that vegetarians are all a bit soft and that people who, you know, like sustainably buy clothes or make their own clothes are a bit of tree huggers. Do you think we need to rebrand the face of the anti fast fashion movement? I, I, yes. Um, <laughs> if you if you if you want a straight answer, yes, absolutely. Um, I think yeah, it, I, vegans have a terrible rep, and that's that's just it's 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 terrible. It really is because what they're doing is 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 not only fantastic for the environment, but also you know there are lots of studies to suggest that if you take the right supplements alongside the diet, then it's incredibly good for your health as well. Bit of a red herring. Um, I would say that I've completely forgotten the question. Can you say it again? <laughs> um, sure. Oh, no, I, um, I remembered it. It's, it. We need to rebrand sustainability yeah. In, order, yeah, in, in order to make it more marketable. Sorry. Um, our, tagline, our tagline for uh, Big Little Brands is sustainability shouldn't be special. And I think personally that's really important because we need to just teach people not teach people we're not here to you know shove it down your throat but we're saying look sustainability is fantastic it is the way things should be done 
but that is precisely it. it it just should it is the way things should be done it is far too easy to turn a blind eye to what is exploitation of not only the earth but also people you know if you want to attack the whole sustainability veggie thing about saying oh you're all tree huggers sustainability sustainability in fashion isn't just about the environment it's about human beings it's about people it's about treating people with dignity and respect and paying them properly for the work that they're doing it's not just about the environment but it, it frustrates me when people say you know veggies are all wet wipes or whatever it is because actually mm -hmm. the, the earth is a very important place it's where we live you know it's you can't just ruin it because if if the earth wasn't here, we definitely wouldn't be, you know? Mm -hmm. totally do you have anything here. to add to that, Sasha? Or I do you just... reckon that's just hitting it on the head for you? Yeah, you've done it. You've done it. <laughs> Fab. So um, I want to get down to the very like specifics of what you guys do on a very daily basis. So obviously I'm, I'm very aware of um, your businesses and your like actual work, but how could you break down for me what your daily roles do in the overall world of sustainability? Sasha, do you want to start off? Oh, okay. So I guess to be completely honest, um, business is so up and down, as in like some days I will spend the whole day working on new products or redoing all the listings on my websites. And the next day I'm going to be working my full-time job, which is not anything to do with that. Um, so I guess it's a it's a bit bitty to be honest, and I'm hoping. Am I going off on a tangent? No, no. I was just, I was just gonna say. I mean, um, it's sort of a spoiler for the listener, but obviously I know you pretty well, and um, the materials you use for your earrings and your your jewelry that's all to do with the sustainability you know where do you get your materials from yeah so that's definitely something I'm super passionate about and I think over lockdown I feel like what was I listening to today somebody somebody else's amazing podcast and they were talking about in times of crisis it's the innovators that really shine through and I was like oh yeah yeah I back that and I was thinking about how I set up a um a campaign during COVID that basically I realized I wasn't going to be able to get my beads because I get them all from charity shops and I was like what am I going to do and so I thought okay I need to do some sort of scheme where people are sending in their old jewelry and I can make it in something new and so I set up a scheme called bead cycle so that you could really interact with the customer people can have conversations with me and you get that sort of loyalty as well you get people coming back and you get people excited about um, their products or their grandma's like necklace being made in something new you, I, I love it it's it's so personal and so I basically came over this problem of not being able to source my materials um, and came up with a solution that was okay let's work with the customers here let's see everyone is going through clear out snap right now let's let's use that and let's make sure that not everything is just going to the dump and um making sure that we can reuse what we have on the planet so yeah that was a very long-winded way of saying my beads are all secondhand <laughs> but they're not just secondhand they're also absolutely beautiful and you have ivory rights to plug the fact that you use charity beads that's very cool um so harry how long has it taken for you to get the platform sort of together from grassroots level up until week of 
um, uploading everything? Uh, um, uh, to be honest, Mark, it's been an absolute nightmare. Um, it's <laughs> been, I think, the idea was first conceived in maybe May, May time. Um, obviously, I had my conversation with Sasha. It must have been almost June, July time, sort of late May, early June, July, I, I think. Um, and it, it sort of went from there. We then had to hire a team of guys to build the platform and build the website because you do, you need, you sort of need the back end and you need my admin side and you need the web. It's an absolute nightmare. It costs quite a lot of money. It takes months. Uh, I went on holiday, so then I couldn't, it was all under, you know, restrictions and, you know, we were all absolutely fine. Don't worry about it. Um, I got tested. Um, but we, yeah, we were, we worked on it until about September. Then the first draft of the website came in. Then since then we've been, uh, sort of mod modifying it and editing it to make sure that it looks good. We want the customer experience to be as good as it can be, obviously. Um, and throughout that period, sort of from August through to now I spend I spend I spent my whole day today hand picking brands and that I think is the most important thing for us or one of the most important things for us is that I go through places like Instagram and Facebook and I hand select brands that I then send a message to and just say look we would love to have you on the website because we think your ethos is fantastic we love your product and we want to share you to the rest of the world and uh, so that's how I spend how I spend most of my day, and I get to meet absolutely fantastic people that all share a similar philosophy in the fashion industry, and it's a fantastic community just to be a part of. You you meet really amazing people. I know I can I could wax lyrical about these guys forever, um, and I'm not just. I know they sort of pay me to do it in a weird way, but I really have a lot of respect for these guys because they do all the hard graft for you. It's not as easy as you think it would be to, to supply or get supply of sustainable materials. You know, even Sasha going to a charity shop and finding recycled beads and coming up with absolutely fantastic designs for her jewelry. That's a, that's, you know, that's difficult. That's not easy to then run the website, to then run the business to get the orders placed, to get the orders right, to personalize it and do that alongside living a, a, a proper life. You know, you have to live your life. You have to work a full-time job as well. My hat comes off to these guys. You know, the amount of respect I have is, is, is absolutely fantastic. So I'm very happy to, to be basically the IT guy um, that, sits, that sits on the website, make sure everything runs smoothly. We market our, our brands um, individually as well. I've been really fortunate to do a, a few interviews that we videoed that will be coming out on our Instagram um, that are really, really fun. And you get to meet the people in person. Um, I absolutely, I love my job. I love my day-to-day -day life because, because sorry, um, you meet fantastic people who all have a, have a similar ethos to you. And, and it's fantastic. That's amazing. Fab, well, thank you both so, so much. Um, obviously, Fire away your Instagram names and your website names now. Make sure people know exactly where to find you. Go, go, go. Okay. Um, so, Sasha B, my name is slightly confusing. So, S-A-C-H-A underscore B with three E's. 
And you also just type in www. I always say that people go, why do you say the www's? But um, SashaB.com, you'll find me. Uh, I am, or we are Big Little Brands underscore UK on Instagram, and we're BigLittleBrands.co.uk is our website. Um, and yeah, you can check out uh, tons of different brands. We've got Sasha B on there if you want to check her out Ooh. as well, but obviously go to her website as well. And uh, yeah, that's us. That's me. Fab. And I'll be putting both those website links in the description and the Instagram post that comes along with this. So Amazing. thank you to both of you for having this interview with me. It's been fantastic. It's been eye opening. And I wish you all the best with your thank business. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. It was great having little Natter. Thank you. <laughs> So for this section now on Best Record Yet, I am joined by Anna Robinson. Hello, hello. Hi. How are we doing? I'm not too bad, thank you. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. I am just striving away with work and such, and I'm very glad to hear your voice because it has been far too long. It really has. You're so far away now. It's very sad. Well, by the time you hear this uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you find your podcasts, um, I'll actually be back in the UK at less than a mile away from you. So that's fun to think about. That's exciting. I know. I know. It's that time of year when, you know, all the year abroaders just come back home. Fun stuff. (laughs) And quarantine. Oh, How yeah. Exciting. Don't even get me started. It's going to be very boring. But also, like, I have no excuse not to do work. So, peaks and troughs, eh? <laughs> but yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, let's get on to the album recommendation. What have you got for me, love? Um, I have got Blonde by Frank Ocean. Amazing. Um, and I will tell you for why. <laughs> so, it uh, came out in 2016 um some of in my opinion the best songs in the world um white ferrari makes me cry at least three times a week which is good it's good to cry um and the songs are just so beautifully written and they came in at a time in my life when i really needed them i didn't know i needed them but it turns out i did yeah um and my friend and i really bonded over these songs and it it was what really cemented our friendship i think Mm-hmm. he might disagree was these this album and these songs because they're just so moving i mean people <laughs> say that about songs all the time don't they but like this just is on another plane of existence this album yeah. and like nike's what a song um and it's just beautiful and one day when i eventually make a, a film that's good the whole soundtrack is going to be Blonde by Frank Ocean. It's like just so good. Well, that sounds like a great recommendation. And I, I'm ashamed to say I've not listened to a single song of Frank Ocean's, but I know from everyone's recommendations that I'm going to love it. So thank you very much for that recommendation. And it sounds like a pretty good reason to recommend it as well. So thank you. You're very welcome. I'm going to go and listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, hold back your tears unless you need a good cry. <laughs> I'm actually okay for crying at the minute, which is strange for me. Oh, wow. We must catch up and find out why. Yes. (laughs) Well, speak to you soon then, love. Thank you. No problem. Thanks. Bye. But hang on a second. If you thought you'd get this far without hearing about Haters & Co, then you are gravely mistaken. Haters & Co, haters underscore and underscore co on Instagram is 
Sarah Hader, she is so talented, the most aesthetic, baking, home delivered. It's incredible. Get yourself a Christmas treat now, delivered to Newcastle, the Newcastle Pontine area, best city in the country, in my opinion. But I'm totally biased because I'm from there. <laughs> but honestly, go and check out her Instagram. Give her some love. She's so talented. Everything she makes is delicious and looks so damn good. She is so talented. Just go and support her dreams because this is a one-woman show. And at the end of the day, it's really good stuff. So that's haters underscore and underscore co. Haters and co. So that's another episode done of Marked on My Words podcast. I'm exhausted. I'm not really. I'm loving it. <laughs> but we are nearly getting to the end of series one, which is pretty scary. I have one more episode with an interview for you. And then I have an episode where I'm just going to sum it all up with a couple words for myself. But I am very, very, very happy with how this episode came together. It's been really interesting hearing from Sasha and Harry. And I'm definitely going to apply this to my personal life and be more sustainable and just thinking globally. Um, yeah, I hope this has resonated with you as well. Please send in your thoughts or if you have anyone you want to recommend or shout out, send them into mark.mywordspodcast on Instagram. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And yeah, and don't forget to have a look at Sasha B and uh, Big Little Markets UK because they're great guys and you should definitely support them. And thank you to everyone who's been a part of this episode as well, Izzy and Anna. And obviously go and donate to Alfie. Please, 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 please. It is so important. So yeah, until the next episode, thanks.